0: Welcome to OpenTheCan.ZW, where we explore the humanity in Christianity, which is not only exciting because it rhymes, but more so because it's been a long overdue conversation. Today, we're exploring the dynamics of show-and-tell, and today we're with the with and Yay!
1: <laughs> okay, so basically, the show-and-tell idea is when you think church is a social event, you go to church to show off, you wake up on Sunday in the morning, you put on your Sunday best, you know Sunday best because you only wear it on a Sunday because you want to you know be the best show people that you know you can really really dress up and then you get to church and then you socialize with people and then half of the church service is just people talking about the history of the church or introducing or whatever whatever Gossip. gossiping and then instead of and and so instead of majority of your church being you know talking about God or learning or exploring your faith now your church service is mainly mm-hmm showing off and then telling other people about your own life instead of talking about jesus and i remember one of my experiences with this is that um often felt like growing up i used to i used to agonize over sundays because every sunday i'd have to wake up early and start rummaging through my closet to think (laughs) What am I wearing today? And then if I couldn't find anything, I'd get really frustrated and then I'd get anxiety and then I wouldn't want to go to church because what are people going to think of what I'm wearing or what is my mom going to say about what I'm wearing? And it's just really, really frustrating, especially when it happens to you from such a young age. Um, Imagine you're an eight-year-old and you're thinking, but what if this dress is what if this dress is? should i put what what color hairband should i wear and so on it starts like that and then it grows into bigger things like i need to buy a new car to show you who bought that mercedes benz last week as though you are in competition with other christians when really we all fall short of the glory of god yet nobody's thinking about that all you're thinking about is showing and i think some of the some of the ways this shows up is in like certain religious denominations where they're all about rules everything is did you check rule number Did you recognize me? Did you wear this uniform? Did you wear that uniform? And really, if you introduce someone to Christianity in that way, all they see is the rules of your church and they don't really see God. So my question is, do people go to church to fellowship and to grow in Christ or do they go there to observe ceremonies? Like, what do you go there to do?
0: Mm -hmm. And
1: have you thought about it as deeply as I have? Because I've grown up in a church where people really, really just think a lot more about ceremony and when you point it out to them they get so angry and frustrated with you because they feel like you are the problem and maybe you are the problem for trying to fit into a church that doesn't align with your brand and you can find another church but really if somebody new came to your church and they saw what was going on would they think it was about christ or would they think it was about showing
2: yeah it's like church became a social construct um and i there's a lot to think of historically um in african countries about where all of that comes from right because church became a social event because that's all africans had right every other day you were being a virtual slave we don't call it slavery under colonialism but it basically was that and church was where you came to be a human being and not a black Person. And I think it's translated into um, very much similar construct. You, you know, prosperity gospel. Mm-hmm. So it's like if you have the car, yeah, God is blessing you. You must be a godly person. Surely God is only blessing those who are doing this. So your car, your family, um, how many grandchildren, whether they have a degree in law or medicine—that's what shows whether you are favored and prosperous. Um, and it's yeah. It comes back to that idea of you being saved by works, when in reality you are saved for good works. So no one is perfect and 100% having material possessions is not a reflection of your standing with God. But somehow, yeah, traditionally churches have lost Jesus, in my opinion. I cannot include church and Jesus in the same discussion oftentimes and it's really sad.
0: I know one thing I was grateful for. I am grateful for till this day, even before I chose to be a Christian, like made the conscious decision, is that with my mom... Sometimes you would just not go to church because she didn't feel like it. Like that was that she just not even like she was upset or angry. That day she just didn't want to wake up early, so we would just not go to church. And why that was important for me, especially in understanding that Christianity is a relationship with God. Like a lot of people will say that Christianity isn't a religion; it's a relationship. Is I understood that very early on. Sometimes I just won't feel like God. And that's allowed. Like in every relationship, sometimes you just won't feel like talking to your mom or sometimes you just won't feel like talking to your partner or your friend. Sometimes you just need a time out. And understanding that, you know, church is an opportunity for fellowship, but it's important to have Christian community, which is why I I will die on this hill that it's weird to say you have church friends. It's weird to call someone your friend if you only converse with them on Sunday. And that's where that ends. I think that's very strange. Where when it comes to fellowship, I think it should it should more be intentional because even when you look at the way Jesus did it, especially because he like he's very popular for dealing a lot with sinners, is he never greeted them with their sin. He was never there like ah prostitute, do they say who <laughs> or like you were to He never did that. So what he did is he treated them like they were humans and built rapport with them before he engaged with them and their changes. So even with the prostitute at the well, he was there like ah you know can I get some water they's like oh no you can't really do that because you're not supposed to be here yeah. so here he's getting to know more about her beliefs about the cultural norms she has he's getting to know more about as a person and then with this short guy he's just there like oh me I'm hungry can I have food and he's there like oh you want to have food with me with me you want to have food so even in understanding your community and the whole show and tell and why the necessity of church It's not the necessity of the building or the doctrine or the ceremonies and what have you not it's the necessity of being surrounded by christians by people whose faith aligns with yours and then more getting to know your personal relationship with god and your purpose like if your purpose is to fight social justice like if you're the amos of this generation it makes sense for your christian friends to align with your brand and you can't assume that if i go to church everyone is going to align with my brand because that's weird however within that as well there is intentional places in the spaces that we exist in there is a reason that God put you in that church and I'm not saying this to say that you should be held bonded in that church because God put you there maybe he put you there to learn that the church was not for you and you should be allowed to have an individual relationship but just knowing that Church is a building and it's the community that matters and what you gain for the community. And if it's taking more than it is serving you, then there's, I don't think there's any need to force yourself to assimilate into that community.
1: I feel like one of the things that happened to me that was quite strange is, I think I was more of a Christian in Sunday school than I was for most of my high school life. Because in Sunday school, they're so nice to you. They're like, oh my goodness, the children, let's give them sweets. Let's be nice to them. Let's teach them about David and the Goliath and, and um, Joseph and the technical dream coat. You know, they teach you the nice things. They're like, yeah, Christianity, it's dope, right? D- Joseph's um, father gave them this rainbow coat, and then D- um, David killed Goliath, and then Mary gave birth to Jesus, right? And you're like, oh yeah, it's so simple and nice. But then, when you start to think for yourself, right? When you start going through real life experiences, and you're like, "Hey, can I ask about drugs?" and the person's like, "Why are you doing Jema drugs? <laughs> how do you how do you expect to come to Christ if you're doing Gemma drugs? The, <laughs> <laughs> drugs?" literally that's how your youth, uh, my youth, um, advisors would come to speak to us, and then they'd be like, and then someone would be like, "So it's kissing, fornication," and then they'd be like, "Where did you hear the word kiss from?" Amazing. And you're like. Um, I'm asking a question. Mm-hmm. Am I not allowed to ask questions?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Is that what this is about now? Right? Yeah. And that's very, very dangerous because now you're saying as a child, oh yeah, you can definitely ask how, they made that, how he got all the colors in that coat. But now when they're, they're a teenager and they're wondering, so should I drink? And you're like, you know about alcohol? Why do you know about alcohol? <laughs> Hello, it's right in front of me. That's why I'm asking. Mm-hmm. If someone comes and they're asking and the first thing you are like is No. Then, obviously, the person's going to be like, oh, they said no to me. Okay, I feel out of place. They rejected me. And that is very, very dangerous because what you're doing is actually showing them that there's no room in the church to ask questions instead of showing them that certain things, X, Y, and Z, are wrong. Mm -hmm. And what you're doing as well is showing them that as an adult, you don't view yourself as a real person because you absolve yourself of all the sins you probably committed when you were a child. And now, you don't want to tell your child how to avoid those sins, even though you probably went through as... Um, As parents always say I was once a teenager too I know what you're going through But in the same breath as I know what you're going through I'm not telling you about what I went through How do you expect someone to grow in Christ If you keep saying I won't tell you about that Yet at the same time They still have the external influences Obviously they look to church as a place And a body for help And encouragement And instead of showing them Jesus You show them that when you grow up to be an adult you're suddenly just going to be a perfect person and that's just not true it's a lie you lie to children and then they feel bad and Mm. then they leave
0: i remember it reminds me of this time and this statement has stuck with me and it will till the day i die that tanato actually said when just talking about faith and asking questions and saying that if there is no doubt in your faith then you can't count it as faith like if there's no times where you're like i don't get this and it's a bit confusing you it's not a test of faith anymore if you just understand the whole thing and i'm not going to preempt it i'm going to ask her kindly to actually speak more on that because it really it was so beautiful the way you articulated it the first time so
2: here you go Mm. lots to live up to (laughs) (laughs) Um, i think yeah because I believe that church right now has become something of a sort of an indoctrination centre, which is very <laughs> bad. I feel like it comes from the idea that for their good we have to force them, mm. right? Otherwise they'll pick and it comes from a face of fear. Like I understand you really want your child to come to Christ because of course there's the heaven and hell thing. But also because life with God, that's it's lacquer. Like it's a nice time. What? It's really? it's cool. Yeah, it's really fun. So that's where this whole pressure and force thing comes from but it's very non-productive because faith has to be 100% self-sufficient. Anything you believe in has to be 100% self-sufficient. If in a dream world we started forcing everyone to be a feminist and a tolerant person, it would backfire. You have to look at the world around you and make conclusions about it and understand Jesus for yourself and understand God and faith and your life and make a decision, your own path towards believing in God. And life is complicated. It's scary. No one knows what they are doing. And more often than not, you feel like God is not there. You're like there's so much pain, there's so much suffering, which is a whole other topic we'll to discuss another time. <laughs> but you have to believe that even though there's so much pain, even though I'm really going through it, God is here. And you know, there's gonna come all sorts of, you're gonna pray for something, it's not gonna happen. And then you're gonna feel like, eh, is God real if my prayer wasn't answered? Yeah, someone's gonna say like, the Big Bang Theory, is God real if... That's the whole concept. Of faith, You can't see God, you can't, there's no, there's lots of scientific evidence, but there's nothing that's like, yes, it's 100% God is real. That's what you taking that step to say God is real. It's what, it's what makes it faith. And if you find yourself just being like, yeah, if you find yourself comfortable, It's gotten too easy, and you're not doing enough to grow in your relationship with God because it's constantly seeking God every day that builds your faith, even when you're surrounded in a world that's constantly telling you that God's not real, Oh, you're stupid for believing in God, Oh, Mm -hmm. life is hard, so if life is hard, why? How can there be a God? If you're not constantly asking those questions, asking God, taking those questions to God, then your faith can't be real. That's what's powerful. Ask God if you're confused.
0: Yeah, and there's often when we talk about faith within Christianity, especially when you're not a Christian, there's this, you know, this mysticism that's attached to faith. Like there's the but a bang, but a bang when it comes to it. But ah. we take leaps of faith in every single thing that we do. If I go to the tap, especially in Zoom, mm. if I go to the tap. And I turn it on. I am quite genuinely not guaranteed that water is going to come out. Mm. But that within itself is an act of faith. Going to sleep and making plans for tomorrow—that's an act of faith. You don't know if you're gonna wake up. You know, you're like, oh, what time should I meet you there? You Mm. might not even make it. So looking at faith even outside of just the context of christianity just the um the context of your relationship with god you realize that you do it a lot more often than you actually recognize and it's actually it's not that deep (laughs) it's really not
2: like someone explained it as um people were like were you there when jesus was there so how can you be sure it's real when you read history textbooks when you, you read there? your exam, were you there? Are you
1: <laughs> sure that it happened? Did, was Hitler alive? Mm-hmm. Are Hitler you was sure? Was like, like were
2: you there? So it's you literally every day. You're sitting on a chair. We
1: don't know if these chairs are gonna. Are gonna yeah. us. <laughs> <laughs> it's an act of faith. I also feel like one of the aspects of um, show and tell that we sometimes ignore as Christians is just like the way sometimes. How, you, how things are in your household are so different from what your parents or your aunties and uncles show at church. Because I remember one time there was an issue of preaching on Father's Day. Usually they would ask the children to preach on Mother's Day or Father's Day and so on, right? And so on Mother's Day, everyone was like, Yeah, I want to preach. My mom is so cool, what, what, what? But because of the society we live in, a lot of men aren't held accountable for their sins, right? So a lot of people have issues with their fathers. Um, being asked to preach on Father's Day is almost like being gaslit it's almost like people are making a mockery of your suffering because mm-hmm. they get there and they're like, fathers are the leaders of the households. Fathers are supposed to love their wives as Christ loved the church and so on and so forth. Meanwhile, there's infidelity. There is domestic violence at home. And these children are now being asked, so talk, speak good about your father. And the moment you come and you're like, you know, sometimes it really hurts when fathers cheat on our mothers. The church is like, how can you say that? Mm-hmm. Why are you in your parents' business? As though it's not your business as well. Mm-hmm. Right. And that also is a form of showing people what is supposed to be shown as a Christian, but they're not actually living it in real life. Or the way adults, grown-ups are always like, you know, you shouldn't be, you shouldn't get pregnant before you get married, you shouldn't have sex before you get married. But most of their firstborns were really at their weddings, in the wedding pictures, being the flower girl or the page boy. And then they shout at you and they scream at you when you make that same sin, but they don't actually help you pave a way forward. All they do is make you feel isolated. That kind of showing and telling is really, really harmful because it's, it's, it's hypocritical. And a lot of young people can't live with hypocrisy and lying. One of the things that actually hurts people a lot more is being lied to by someone you trust. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people want to trust the church because they want to trust God. And we're we're told to look to the church as a place to, you know, find good examples of Christians. Mm -hmm. But then when you're showing and telling in that manner, then obviously people are going to be like, is this what Christians are really like? Is this what I want to be involved in? And then they feel isolated and they leave the church. So we ourselves have to be careful not to live lives in the church that we don't live at home. Mm -hmm. or We don't live outside of the church because then someone is going to come to you and be like, hey, why are you like this here, but not like that there? Or um, also one of the things that comes up a lot um, in terms of showing is when we go to university, there's a lot of elitism in the church as well. Mm -hmm. Um, When children go to university were expected to go overseas or go to a different country and so on and I remember this one girl um, she was, her mom kept telling people oh yeah she's going to Canada and then eventually it was oh she's going to the UK then eventually it was oh she's going to South Africa meanwhile this girl was being forced to stay at home and not go to church because her mother kept telling people that Ar-kun- meanwhile um, she was at home chilling because her mom didn't want to admit that she was just showing mm-hmm. And that's really not cool Like you don't have to pretend to be someone that you're not Because there's always a place for you But you can't And you, you could say to an extent that it wasn't the mother's fault Because the church will also judge you that particular church will also judge you for not being able to afford certain things Or for not doing certain things Or for not being in a perfect marriage For not be- having or being the perfect child and so on and so forth So that cycle, that creates a cycle of hypocrisy Which is really, really hard to undo And then people feel left out because there's so much showing and telling mm.
0: And when you look at show and tell at the basis Like within itself, it's not inherently wrong Because you, demonstrating is important That's how we're able to think, what would Jesus do? Because we have a whole series of seeing what Jesus would do so that you can literally apply it to any situation in life. Jesus didn't necessarily have to be snaked, even though he was, but he didn't have to go through every single event that you're going to go through in life, but he did go through enough for you to be able to see that, okay, this is how Jesus went about things. And Jesus was a very show and tell type of person. The difference is he wasn't lying and he wasn't doing it to appease, people he was kind to people because he was kind to people period he was loving to people because he was loving to people period there was never an ulterior motive and when you understand this fundamentally because he couldn't have an ulterior motive because there's literally nothing you could have given him. Like the one time he asked for something, he was like, "Ah, you know, you guys, pen and go pay but like PKP. Do you guys mind just praying for me?" And they were like, "Ah, sure, sure, sure." They went to sleep. Mm-hmm. They really just went to sleep. And even, cause I promise you, if I was Jesus I wouldn't have gone on the cross. I'd be like, "I jacked killed them." Mm-hmm. <laughs> I know. So these are not my people. It's not, not a, a me problem. problem. This is not a me problem. To be quite honest, this is your issue, not mine. But you see jesus showing what a christian should be like Hint: being a christian to be christ-like god shows his love god showed what it looks like to be a christian and in that same regard if you're going to show and tell stop lying like be honest and show and tell even your difficulties to be like you know what I struggle with this. I know one thing people know about me is I have a tendency of having a sharp tongue. So if I see that I'm in a situation where someone is pressing me or where you're going to push me out of my comfort zone, I will quite literally remove myself from the situation. And for me, I hope I get to a point where I'll keep it in my head, I, I, I think I'm slowly getting there. But it's also being honest with yourself about what do I struggle with and being honest with other people. that. I have struggles. Like, I have a relationship with God. I love Jesus. Like, this is a Jesus done account. But that doesn't mean I'm faultless. That doesn't mean I'm what, that's sin. It just means, like, I'm trying, like, the rest of us. And to have churches exist in this imaginary sphere where you're, like, we are all sinless except you. Thank you for coming. That's, that's very weird. That's very strange.
2: Yeah. yeah. And Christianity, like, hinges on the concept of you being an imperfect person. Like that's the we are, that's the whole point we are imperfect people we are flaws central that's why we need Jesus and it's important to come as you are to church because God sees you as you are so when you start performing as something that you're not, you're showing off your money, not only are you sinning by lying and perpetuating um, falsehoods about yourself, you're also not being sincere. You're not being loving because you're doing it so that you appear better to other people, so you're being prideful. And church is built on the premise of, wow, like God is so cool. You know, God created earth so that we could enjoy it. That's why earth is pretty. Okay. Mm-hmm. It's quite nice here. Yeah? If, it, if it weren't for humans, It'd be such a vibe. And it's about earth, God making that place for us and community. That's why Adam needed Eve, right? It's about loving one another and experiencing the joys of living on earth with one another. And when you come and you're not sincere about who you are, it takes away the concept of church because some churches have truly become like there's, there's no God there. You know, some churches it's really it's a business. I don't know or a political organization.
1: It's a political or- <laughs>
2: or a cult. like it's a cult in some places you want to say like you guys just have to be more vulnerable about your walk with christ other people some churches have no christ in there Mm -hmm. so it's unfortunate that that's what it has become but we really need to work on being more loving and sincere with one another
0: and that that's all that's the final thought for today thank you for tuning in to find out more about us check us out on instagram at openthecan.zw and check out our blog page it's called the pew leaflet it's really exciting thank you so much for being with us today in our little corner of the pulpit bye bye